John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast for August 1915. This podcast looks at life in World War I through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion, Royal Irish Fusiliers, and was involved in many significant events in the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren, and narrated by his great-grandchildren. One of the things I've noticed over the past couple of months of John Adams' writing was that he wrote mainly in postcards where letters weren't available. We, we find out in the history part of this podcast about the, the YMCA providing free envelopes and paper, but the postcard seems to be a thing to send home. Maybe it was because it, you felt that you were giving a gift. You were giving a picture of where you were. And some of these postcards, if you go onto the website, johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters, you'll uh, see many of these as uh, they've been scanned and presented for you. But the postcard was invented, uh, if they can be invented, in Austria in 1869. The postcard industry had reached its peak during World War I as millions of civilians and soldiers sent hastily written messages back and forth. Soldiers at the front could only send terse pre-printed cards uh, from the trenches. I am well, I am wounded, I am in receipt of your letter, etc. But they could easily find commercial postcards in villages just behind the front lines. The civilians in the home front had a vast array of sentimental and humorous or patriotic postcards to send to their boys. Whereas the photographs and the pictures are wonderful, like a social memory of the times that went by. And even some of these soldiers have pictures of themselves put onto postcards and sent. Check out the website and see some of these postcards that we've scanned over the years of what John Adams sent home. My name's Mark Adams, and John Adams was my grandfather. Seaford had been used as an army training base since Napoleonic times. The idyllic seaside town had two army camps, the North Camp and the South Camp, also known as Chington Camp, were essentially two halves of the same facility. They were built between 1914 and 1915 as an accommodation and training base for tens of thousands of volunteers. In November 1914, the poor conditions experienced by soldiers in the camp led to protests including strikes from the 22nd Division for the tented accommodation and the poorly constructed huts that let in the winter weather. By the end of December 1914, in response to the complaints, the entire 22nd Division stationed at Seaford were moved into billets whilst the camp was properly constructed. The complaints of long muddy walks led to surface roads being constructed. So by the time the 36th Ulster Division arrived in July 1915, the camp was to their liking and many found it quite pleasant. Locals may have feared the Ulster men at first, especially leading up to the 12th celebration in early July, but the Ulster men made favourable impressions on the locals, being praised for their discipline and faultless behaviour. As well as extensive training facilities, Seaford Camp had recreational facilities. 
The YMCA provided food and drink as well as free writing paper and envelopes. There was also huts run by the Salvation Army, Church Army and the Church of England and a cinema. After his inspection of the 36th Ulster Division on the 27th July 1915, Lord Kitchener told Edward Carson that it was the finest division in the new army that he had seen yet. The 9th Service Battalion suffered two casualties during their time there. Joseph Tobley from Tandragee drowned. Lieutenant Anderson died from meningitis. No date or postmark, but probably at the start of August 1915, after his thumb strain had healed. Postcard shows, for King, Queen and Country, a soldier's letter. Photographs of King George V and Queen Mary. To my truest of pals, my mother. A poem set at Seaford Camp and signed from John. Dear Mother, just a postcard to let you know that I received your postcard all right. Many thanks for them. We are getting on all right. Lord Kitchener was down inspecting us on Tuesday and is well pleased with the Ulster Division. I do not think we will be long here. We will be going up to Aldershot shortly. I also got the paper. There was a Belfast West news came to us. I did not see Margaret Hill meeting in it. I am sending Jimmy this cutting from the Lurgan Mail. He may like to see it. This is all now. I have not time to write a letter. Excuse a scribble. J. Adams Postmark Chington Camp B.O. Seaford Date unclear 1915 Postcard shows My thoughts are with the dear ones at home. A great-coated soldier at camp sitting on a box smoking his pipe is thinking of his wife and young baby at home. Dear Mother, just a postcard hoping it finds you all in good health as it leaves me in the same here at present. I had a letter from Tommy today. He seems to be alright. I'm sorry this is all I have time for. We'll write later on and tell you all the news. We are having fine weather now, hoping it continues. J. Adams Postmark Chington Camp B.O. Seaford, 16th of August 1915 There is an additional mark on the front of the card showing 11am 17th of August, but the location is not visible. Postcard shows the esplanade looking east Seaford. Pedestrians in Edwardian dress promenade along the front, while some rest on the adjacent benches. A shingle beach scattered with small boats fills the right-hand side, and a terrace of houses lines the road on the left. In the distance are the headlands and white cliffs of Seaford Head. Dear Jeannie, I received your letter this morning. There is nothing strange here, but I will write later on. Hoping you will have a good time at home. This is all I have time for now. J. Adams Headed paper saying, For God, King and for Country, YMCA, HM Forces on Active Service, D Company, 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers, Seaford Camp, Sussex, Sunday, 18th of August 1915. Dear Mother, just a line to say I received your letter all right. Hoping this will find you all in good health as it leaves me in the same at present. 
I am sorry that I was so long in writing, but indeed, I thought I had written. I hope Jeannie will have a good time at home and get good weather. I am sure she has need for a rest. You can tell her I will write to her as soon as I get time, perhaps tomorrow. Well, dear mother, I need not buoy you with false hope. But if everything goes well, you may have a chance to see us again before we leave England. Some of the Ulster Division have got it already. Seven days leave. But when our turn comes, I do not know. It may not be for a month yet, but it would mean four clear days home. Of course, you need not depend on it, for so many things can happen. Well, I got my photos taken, but they were much changed and you do not know me from someone else, so I will not get them taken until I go home and then get them taken right. I got the stamps and many thanks for them. I'm sorry to hear that you've been taken sick, but I hope you get better by this time. I was up in Brighton on Saturday. It surely is a lovely place. The promenade is five miles from one end to the other. The lights go out there at 8 o'clock and the place is in total darkness afterwards. Tell Annie and Jimmy that I will write to them. Jimmy might write to me sometimes. This is a photo for Jimmy of the units of the 36th Division represented. I think this is all now. I remain your loving son, John Adams. Excuse the scribble in haste. This little brooch is for Annie. I will get you something later on. Crumlin, 26th of August, 1915. Postcard shows the sundial Langford Lodge, Crumlin. A view across some formal gardens... A sundial supported by cherubs stands in the foreground. Dear Jenny, I'll be going on two trains leaving Crumlin. I think I will get the train that arrives in Newry about four. You might meet me at Gorewood, for I have something to carry which will be heavy. I will be going on Friday. Goodbye, Annie. Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. And you can email us with your comments or questions at letters at johnadams.org.uk. You can also follow at jadamsletters on Twitter. The history of the 9th Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers during World War I is taken from Blackers Boys. Visit them at www.9thirishfuselears.co.uk. That's with the number 9, not the letter. Podcasts will be published 100 years after the letters were written, so will be published nearly every month. This has been a Mark's Mass production. Mm-hmm.